0: Yes, sir. You
1: already know the vibes. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 61.
0: The wanna talk, but I'm on I'ma bust her wrist out cause she cute. Fuck that yak, I in a pool. Addict, addict, addict for the lifestyle in the paddock. Paddock, daddy. she I, Damn, to I need am yes. the and foul in the middle of the field like David Becker. All my niggas locked for real. I'm tryna help her when Got me the chills, don't know what happened Pop pill, do what you feel, I'm on this zombie. I mean. I'm more like Gaddafi, I'm not no Gandhi I'm more like I'm David, Goliath, running Niggas been cloning, I'm finding money I'm putting all the strength in I go in the mouth, she costing me nothing Three hundred to watch, out of your budget Mean mugging got me clutching, yeah And this thing right out of Russia Ice water turning like this Night calling in a phantom them, hold it, don't you pay?
2: Do it live, fuck it. Do it
1: live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number sixty one of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel, aka Harry Potter, aka DeBron James, and we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there who are busting their ass still. And thank you to all the people who are out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website. Bronx Bias Pod dot myshopify dot com b r o n x b i a s p o d dot m y s h o p i f y dot com Bronx Bias Pod dot myshopify dot com. Check out the website. Come fuck with me. I got hoodies on there. I got t shirts. I got covet masks. I got stickers, I got tote bags and much much more to come. So if you're a fan of the show, you want to give this brother a little more support. I encourage anyone and everyone to visit the website, see what I got on there. Maybe there's something on there that you like. Check it out, come fuck with me. I appreciate every single person who has purchased merchandise and I encourage, you know, you guys to continue to support me in that way if you can. Um, I truly, truly appreciate all the support, and I'm just a young black man trying to get some money in his pocket to stay out of trouble, so if you feel so inclined, the merchandise is there. It is quality material, um, and it would be immensely appreciated um, if you guys decide to support the merch, um, and I have, again, truly appreciated every single person who has supported But with all that being said, we are going to have a great, 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 great show today, fully packed. The weather is officially changed. It is for the streets time. And like I mentioned a few episodes back, this is going to be the some, one of the wildest summers in the history of the world. I can I I believe it so firmly, so strongly. We got a whole bunch of stories on here today. We're going to show you how shit's is getting real already. And I'm ready to go, man. So we're going to have a great, great, great show today. It's fully packed. I'm in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood. And I am ready to go. So let's get it.
2: I am in a very, very, very good
1: mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing, amazing song. Anytime you can use a steel pan (laughs) in a song, which is an instrument that is not used very frequently outside of you know the west indian traditional style of music anytime you can use a steel pan i'm gonna like the song i'm gonna fuck with it if you put a steel pan in there i'm gonna fuck with it so today's intro is an amazing song called zz by kodak black featuring travis scott and offset off of the album dying to live and i'm a big fan of kodak black honestly there's a there's kodak black is kind of like i don't know how to explain him he's he's a wild guy, let me just say that, he's a wild dude, if you ever see him, he's a wild dude, from Florida, you already know how they give it up in Florida, okay, and I don't know, I don't know what it is about him, but I really like him, like, I'm a fan, Uh, I don't know, maybe just because he's just so, he's so wild as you could tell, it's like not a persona, this is how he really is, and when I actually listen to him speak, like when he rarely sits down and does interviews and I actually watch it, it's like, this guy isn't actually all that bad. He's actually not a bad dude. And then when I listen to the music and I'm like, damn, the music's actually pretty good. It's slap. So, and then I'm just like, should I even like him? Like, you know, is he, is this an artist that I should even like? You know, sometimes I hear his songs, and I'm like, but you know, you are you are Nas nice, nigga. I'll be saying it to myself, but you are Nas nice, nigga, Denzel. Can you even like this shit? But hey man, when you dope, you dope. So I'm a fan of Kodak Black. I know he's a polarizing guy. A lot of people have different opinions on him. I should what I should do is call my sister and have her talk about Kodak Black because she really does not like this nigga Kodak at all. Like She cannot stand Kodak Black. Actually, let me see. Let me see if I can do it and then see if she answers um, just so maybe we could get like 10 seconds of her to say how she feels about Kodak Black. Hold on. Let me see if I can get her on the phone. One second. Let's see if I can get her. Let's see. Let's see. Hello. Chad, real quick, real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm recording. I'm on the podcast right now. I just want this really quickly from you. Everybody, this is my sister, Chadney, my older sister. Um, I just want to ask you one question, okay? Okay. <laughs> what do you think about Kodak Black?
3: Oh, my God. Why are you going to get me started? <laughs> I don't fuck with him.
1: Just really quick, tell the people why you don't like Kodak Black whatsoever.
3: All right. First of all, he is... Just so disgusting. <laughs> he's so disgusting. And not to mention, you're rich or you're this rap star. You're on Facebook Live with six of your dusty friends and one girl talking about you're about to molest her. And you're in jail for a rape charge. And everybody's saying free Kodak. No, keep him in there. Keep his dusty ass in there. Keep him away from your daughters. Like, he's so gross. And that one dread is that I don't even like to call them dreads because you know, but they're locks. But that one lock, it needs to unlock. Like I just cut it off. Like well, he cut his hair, right? I don't know, but I just hate him. I do not <laughs> hate him strong word, but I do not like him. I don't like him, and it sucks because sometimes he has like catchy songs, but then I just remember like he probably made this after he raped somebody.
1: Like, Jeez,
3: you know, it's it just you know, I just can't, I can't, I can't rock with it. I I love, you know, everybody gets the benefit of the doubt, but like rapists, I I cannot. That's like, you don't listen to R. Kelly and he has great hits, right? For the same reason. It's true. Similar, like similar reasons. And he's a way better performer than Kodak.
1: Well, damn. Well, you know what's funny?
3: If R. could get pulled, then Kodak definitely could get You
1: know what's funny? And now maybe I have to redo the entire beginning of my show. I introd the show today with a Kodak Black song, and I'm saying, "Yeah, Kodak's a wild guy. You know, Kodak does crazy shit. But I like Kodak. But now I call you. You got everybody. You waxing poetic about how he's just a, a rapist, and I'm like, damn, I can't. I might have to change the whole intro.
3: But you know, I it's alleged. It's it's all alleged because I I don't I you know I don't know. At least R Kelly, we know you know that he did that. Kodak is alleged, but even with the alleged, I'm good. I'm good on him. <laughs> I'm gonna And then then remember he said like he said something like about to so the effect like about dark skinned girls.
1: I don't recall. I don't recall I'm
3: gonna i I'm gonna have to send you the link, but he was pretty much like he ain't trying to you know, be with no dark skinned girl. And I'm just like you look like a dark skinned girl, like I'm just confused. <laughs> like and I'm sure your mom is a dark skinned female, like you he was like pretty much degrading them, like bro, humble humble yourself.
1: <laughs> okay. Now you see now, I might have to make this a segment every at the beginning of every show. I just call you and just have you give 5 minutes about what grinds your gears.
3: <laughs> Something <laughs> is always grinding my gears.
1: <laughs> She's unprompted. I said, "What do you think about Kodak I'm like Oh, now you're going to get me started and then you went. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. You know, I don't want to be the angry black girl today.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for answering the show. I'm glad the people on the pod get to hear you. Um, Again, that's my sister, Chetney, Big Sis, showing love. Uh, And thank you for answering the phone and and telling us about how you feel about Kodak.
3: Of course. Anytime. All
1: right. See you later. See you guys later. All right. Well, sheesh. Talk about dropping the motherfucking mic. (laughs) Shit. I might i'm not gonna change that intro but you can see how i would want to change it now after that phone call <laughs> oh god shout out to big sis man shout out to big sis love love all love um but yeah and and shout out to kodak black shout out to kodak black regardless of how much my sister likes or dislikes you i like the song easy and it will remain the intro so shout out to kodak black Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the bronx new york that people may not know that people may have never heard before just to try and show how many great things how many great ideas and how many great people come from the bronx new york so without any further ado your bronx fact for today is established in 1841 and named for the fordham neighborhood of the bronx in which its original campus is located Fordham University is the oldest Catholic and Jesuit university in the Northeastern United States and the third oldest university in New York state. Fordham University's alumni and faculty include U.S. senators and representatives, four cardinals of the Catholic church, several U.S. governors and ambassadors, a number of billionaires, two CIA directors an Academy Award winner as as well as an Emmy Award winning actor, a White House Council member, a Vice Chief of Staff of the U.S. Army, a U.S. Postmaster General, and a U.S. Attorney General, plus the first ever female Vice Presidential Candidate, Geraldine Ferraro, have all attended Fordham University in the Bronx is where some of the greatest people are made. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 61.
4: Yes. Yes. Damn, son, where'd you find this?
1: All right, so we're getting right to the shits today. Like I mentioned at the top of the show and in previous episodes, this summer, I believe, is going to be one of the wildest summers ever because of, you know dealing with covid for the last year you couldn't go outside you had to quarantine you couldn't see your family couldn't see your friends couldn't go to restaurants couldn't go to bars couldn't club couldn't see shows couldn't see movies couldn't do nothing right and so with all that backed up like you know what i'm saying with all that energy that never was released when it finally is able to be released you know it's gonna be maybe more than what we're used to and um what i've you know kind of been doing is sh- sharing stories of wild shit just to keep reaffirming to you guys like this is going to be the wildest summer that we've seen in a long time so i discussed the-, the japanese man who scammed 35 women into giving him shit you know telling them that he loved them and then just to get free shit from them birthday gifts and stuff then I talked to you guys last week about Rakim Parawell, the black man who disguised himself as a white man to go and steal out of people's homes. It's wild shit is going to continue to occur. And so for our top topic this week, we need to discuss someone who has been out of the public light for years and has returned on our asses with a bang. OK, with a bang. We are opening our show today. Our top topic this week is about Kwame Brown.
2: But you... hey, here we go. Did L.A. give up too much to get a guy who has been labeled soft, although he puts up 19 and 9, which only 11 other guys do? Is that a trick question? You tell me. They gave up Kwame Brown. Who first can. rounders.
1: Pull up any list of the NBA's all-time biggest busts, And you're likely to see Kwame Brown's name alongside the likes of Greg Oden and Darko Milichitz. So it was no surprise to hear Gilbert Arenas go after Brown on a recent episode of Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes' All the Smoke podcast. In which Gilbert Arenas called Kwame Brown a show pony, adding that Michael Jordan killed Kwame Brown's confidence. Once Brown caught wind of what was said... He unleashed a series of tirades against his former colleagues, much to the delight of NBA Twitter and general lovers of drama alike. So what exactly set Kwame Brown off? Well, first, here's some backstory. In 2001, Michael Jordan was mounting his comeback as a member of the Washington Wizards and reportedly used his position as the organization's president to draft Brown with the number one overall pick straight out of high school. But the hulking Brown never delivered on his promise, and Jordan's hopes of some post bulls success with the Wizards were all but dashed. It was even rumored that Jordan, who had a unique way of motivating his teammates, as you saw in the last dance and other Jordan things alike, once made Kwame Brown cry a story in which he has since disputed. Following a stint with the Wizards, Kwame Brown was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers in 2005. At the time, the Lakers were in the midst of their post-Shack era and were open to giving Brown a fresh start based on his potential. But like in Washington, Brown did not live up to his potential and ultimately lost his spot to Andrew Bynum the Lakers eventually traded him to the Memphis Grizzlies and acquired Pau Gasol. And and as they say, the rest is history. Brown eventually retired from the NBA and has since kept a relatively low profile. That is, until now. We are going to break down all the smoke that Kwame Brown had for our asses. Now, before we get into all the smoke i have to say a few things at the top there was a great clip on youtube which i do not have enough time to play you in full but it's from jalen rose and jacoby on the show on espn called jalen and jacoby where jalen has introduced the idea and this was from maybe three years ago introduced the idea of getting rid of the term draft bust because of one how harmful it could be to the person's future in terms of how they make money in the future, how detrimental it could be to their family and friends, and how it could affect the psyche of a human being to know that people only think of you as one thing. It's a great clip. You should watch it. Jalen and Jacoby. That's where you can find it. So just go on YouTube and type in Jalen and Jacoby draft busts, and you'll be able to see it. And I was thinking about that as well. You know in terms of how we look at the professional athlete right we look at the athlete as what do you, what have you done for me lately what will you do or how did you play right we don't look at a lot of other factors right so for example a legendary performance like michael jordan's flu game would not be talked about in the same way if michael jordan did not perform that way while having the flu right it's the 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 Relationship between fans, the media and sports and athletes, I should say, is very dependent on production um, and or popularity, production or popularity. How do people perceive you and how productive are you? And a lot of times guys sometimes are put in a precarious situations where they're behind the eight ball and it's very difficult for them to succeed regardless of what they do or what they do not do so for example a 17 year old kid coming out of high school to play with michael jordan at 39 years old probably doesn't have a long leash in terms of you know letting him grow in the nba it's we need to win right the fuck now i'm michael jordan's 39 years old so Kwame was never really set up to succeed in that way. If you look at the difference between, let's say, Andrew Bynum, who was 17, but came up in the Lakers organization, as opposed to Kwame Brown, 17, who comes up when Michael Jordan is trying to make his comeback, it's two different treatment at 17. Or even, let's fast forward to now, let's say a rookie like James Wiseman, who plays for the Golden State Warriors. It's a different culture in golden state where you have steph curry to lean on you have draymond green to lean on you have steve kerr to lean on as opposed to maybe uh let's think of a rookie in a different situation let's think of Lamelo ball even though he's immensely successful or even let's not even say Lamelo, let's say lonzo ball when lonzo ball was drafted his father lavar came out and said my son's the best my son's better than curry my son is everything and then when he got off to a slow start he got eviscerated, right? There's the difference where in one place, you're allowed to grow and flourish and and just go through the growing pains of being a professional athlete. In the other hand, you still have all those pressures of trying to learn and grow and become a better professional athlete, but you have so much undue attention on you, so many eyeballs on you, so many people with opinions of you that you're really doomed from the start. I'm glad that Lonzo has had a bit of a resurgence in New Orleans, um, but that's just how his career got off. So we were looking at Lonzo like, damn, Lonzo's going to be a bust because the expectations put on him and the fact that he was a very young man. So that's just how an athlete's career could be pretty much tanked, right, at the start. You don't Sometimes you don't even get a chance. So we need to just... Say that if you guys want to watch that Jalen and Jacoby clip, again, I encourage it because it is cool, cool, like a cool perspective from a former player, but let's continue to break down Kwame Brown and his return. Kwame had smoke for everybody. Okay. So how did, how did this even start? Where did, where did Kwame decide to say, this is my time to come back into the spotlight into the public eye and tell my side of the story. It started when the Lakers owner, Jeannie Buss, appeared on the All the Smoke podcast last month. She discussed the trade that sent Kwame Brown and the draft rights to Mark Gasol to the Memphis Grizzlies in return for Powell Gasol. She was attempting to explain how the trade involved two players for one, but Steven Jackson teased that Marcus Gasol was the only player traded for Powell, meaning oh, Mark was the only one who was traded because Kwame Brown was not a good player. That was what he was implying. Jackson and Barnes also made repeated remarks about Kwame leading up to Gilbert Arenas' podcast appearance. But Arenas' appearance was the straw that broke the camel's back, despite the fact that Arenas admitted Brown could have had a generational talent. Kwame Brown is one of the players who have been unmercilessly trolled and, like, you know, roasted, unmercilessly roasted. And I can't say that I haven't done it either. I have. That clip, I'm gonna play in the full context that I played at the beginning, is Stephen A. Smith saying, Kwame Brown, who cares? It's one of the most legendary sports rants ever. And it's basically Stephen A. Smith on TV saying, Kwame Brown got traded. You guys should throw a parade. Kwame Brown cannot do anything right on the basketball court. And it's one of the things that have let people become so comfortable with cutting Kwame's ass. It's, you know, Stephen A had one. It's one of the most legendary sports rants in the history of sports rants. It really is. And I'm going to play it for you. So if you think of the timeline getting drafted in one then going to the Lakers in 05 and then sticking around for a few more years and then out of the league, people have been roasting this nigga more than any other draft bust in the history of of draft busts. I don't think that Jamarcus Russell has gotten his ass cut the way that uh, Kwame has. I don't think that Ryan Leaf has gotten his ass cut the way that Kwame has. I don't think that Darko Milicic or Adam Morrison or any other, you know, failed athlete has gotten a ass cut the way that Kwame Brown has and an old episode of mine I was talking about Michael Rappaport versus Kevin Durant and what I was saying was it doesn't matter how much money you have it doesn't matter how much fame access or accolades you have or do not have each person still retains the ability and the right to defend themselves the full context of that was Michael Rappaport on his social media was attacking Kevin Durant over what his interview game was like. Basically, he did an interview that Michael Rappaport thought was trash. And because Kevin Durant has been attacked numerous times over his burner account or his perceived extreme sensitivity to criticism, Michael Rappaport felt comfortable attacking Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant came back with the crazy smoke, said, meet me outside a restaurant. I'm going to beat your ass type smoke and i'm saying yeah okay kevin durant may have been inappropriate but he does not lose the right to defend himself kwame brown has been taking his been cut for the last 20 years and has not said a word it's only gonna be a matter of time before he comes back with smoke and the way that this brother was talking i said this is not the guy to play with So first, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to play for you Stephen A. Smith's rant on when Kwame Brown was traded from the Lakers to the Grizzlies, which basically just let everyone become comfortable with cutting his ass. Then I'm going to play you one. He has a few responses. I'm going to play you the first one of Kwame's responses to the criticism and the people giving him attention now. So first here is Stephen A. Smith.
2: Did L.A. give up too much to get a guy who has been labeled soft, although he puts up 19 and 9, which only 11 other guys do? Is that a trick question? You tell me. They gave up Kwame Brown. You First cared? rounders. I could, I could care less. I could to do a salary for First years. of all, understand something. When you're giving up first round picks, if you are a quality team in, play, in playoff contention, it really doesn't mean that much. That's number one. Number two, and more importantly, Kwame Brown is gone. The city of Angels, Hollywood just should be celebrated. Throw a parade already, whether you win a championship or not. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever, but I'm sorry to call tell everybody the truth. The man cannot play the game of basketball. He has small hands. He can't catch the ball. He's got bad feet. He can't really move even though he's mobile. Doesn't really know what he's doing. Doesn't have a post move that he, he puts to memory that he can do two times in a row. He has no game whatsoever. Plays no defense. Doesn't have the heart, the passion, or anything that comes with it. And you're asking me whether this oh, they hey, gave up too much? Please. The Los Angeles Lakers knew exactly what they were doing. They should be celebrating right now and Kobe Bryant should not be saying a word. His contract contract Comes off the day. books and as you know in the and? NBA it's all about contracts so Memphis now gets a lot of cap relief no it's not all it's about contracts. Contract. comes off the books yes that is true but it's not all about contracts it's all of it's all about contracts if you're a scrub team if you're a team that has Kobe Bryant on it looking for another piece to that championship puzzle then it ain't about contracts is it's power about that? players is power up absolutely piece? with Kobe Bryant Andrew Bynum Derek Fisher Lamar Odom understand the Los Angeles Lakers did not give up Lamar Odom they did not give up Andrew Bynum when they went in pursuit of Jermaine O'Neal. These are the pieces that the Indiana Pacers were asking for. When they were searching around the place all over the league to find something that would appease Kobe Bryant, everybody said Odom or Andrew Bonham when the Minnesota Timberwolves were talking about moving Kevin Garnett. Again, Bonham and Lamar Odom's name came up into the equation. In this particular instance, you keep those guys.
1: You still have Fisher. We're Jordan Farmore.
2: And on top of all of that, you give up Kwame Brown? Please, there's nothing to think about. There's nothing to think about.
1: It is one of the most legendary sports rants ever, ever. So we're going to first play what Kwame Brown had to say in regards to Stephen A. Smith. We're going we're gonna to break it down and he because he had access to grind with a few people. So first we're going to break down Kwame's response to Stephen A. Then we'll do... Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, and then we'll play whoever else he had smoke with. So this is Kwame in response to Stephen A. Smith. They say
4: make you lose. That's why I printed a shirt one day. I got a shirt to say, fuck what they say. They don't breathe life in the kids no more. They they, they tell them they can't do it. That's why they want to bash a guy like me over and over. It's 20 years ago since I played basketball. I got drafted 20 fucking years ago. Twenty and a kid that got my life story that came from the free lunch program with no shoes on his feet played a nigga for his shoes and left that park with shoes. A nigga that'll persevere against any odds you put him against. They let some nigga that can't play basketball that's an honorary Q dog that ain't never did nothing for real but talk they let that nigga Label the type of nigga I am, a geechee, as a bus. And y'all fell for that shit, huh? <laughs> He's an honorary crew, dog. He wasn't online. Nigga don't do nothing but run his goddamn mouth. At the end of the times, the last, what they say, the last would come first or the first would come last and all that. They letting these niggas that ain't shit. Do all the talking. After now, now that I got a platform, I'm gonna use it for the right way. It's time to put respect on niggas' name. And you niggas that I'm disrespecting, that's because you the one that's a gatekeeper of disrespect. Stephen A, you bald forehead, people thinking you tough, saying all kind of shit like, oh, you come see me. Well, sign. A, let's go to Seattle and you sign. A, well, Seattle, you ain't got to sign no waiver. Meet me in Seattle where you can have mutual combat and talk like that. I'll slap a tooth. You do look like you got a toupee on the front of your head or how hard I'll slap the back of your head, motherfucker. The hell you talking about? Y'all got people fooled with this fuck shit. And Skip Bayless, thanks for the pass. I don't even know what the fuck that meant. But thanks for the pass, I guess. I don't know what grown man need no goddamn pass, but thank you. I ain't get no pass from your co-host when you was letting this punk motherfucker talk about a teenager and going around college campuses you never get, you gave him a pass.
0: Both of he can't do nothing. This, this and
4: that. I had to endure you talking about my mama's son like that, bitch. The fuck is you talking about? The only thing you known for being a black man that disrespect and talk about other black men. I should find who your old lady is, you punk old bitch. Show her my mama's cooking. I sprinkle a little
1: good season on her. I don't talk too much, nigga. The fuck you talking about? God damn, bruh. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Kwame ain't come to play, god damn it. He ain't come to play. Now, we have to say what he is saying is right. I've played ball. I got drafted to play ball over 20 years ago. Y'all niggas is still talking about me. It's like beating a dead horse it really is and so if i let just as an example if i did something 20 years ago and people are still trying to talk about it and i don't really talk you don't see me in public i'm a quiet guy there's only a certain amount that you could take so i fully want him to get all of his shit off i hope he can finesse this into some kind of book deal or some his own podcast i hope so because clearly he know a lot of shit, and he's seen a lot of shit. Clearly, and you know these are the guys who you never hear from because, again, the sports relationship is what do you do for me, or what have you done for me lately? We don't necessarily respect, quote unquote, because I'm not gonna call him that. I, I any first of all, I'm not gonna call him no scrub because any nigga who know the states where you don't have to sign waivers to throw the hands with another person. That's not somebody you should be fucking with. That's, let me say that. So the way that people treat quote unquote scrubs or people who just didn't pan out in the sport is that if you're not good at your sport, we don't love you whatsoever. So why I would have a rant last week like I did on Tebow is Tebow has done nothing to deserve the attention, love and spotlight and accolades that he's getting. Because he his talent does not prove it. And this is the best example to drive that Tebow point home. A guy like Kwame Brown, who was 17, motherfuckers went out and shitted on a 17-year-old, a kid, because he wasn't good enough. But then there's another guy, a white guy, who comes across who is not good enough, but all he does differently is outwardly pray and show that he is a devout believer in his religious beliefs and he gets a pass that's the perfect way to cement the tebow thing and i don't don't want to spend too much time on him anyway i gave him too much time last week but that's like the dichotomy of it the way that we as consumers treat athletes is if you're good we love you if you're not good we hate you that's it it's it's simple as that if you perform we love you if you don't perform, we don't love you. That's it. Simple as that. So Kwame is, I mean, if if you just put yourself in his shoes, you would be that frustrated and upset by that as well. Especially if you know you're a nigga who can fight. Like, you know, I think that people who actually can fight really don't like when people like who talk about them because it's like well i know i can fight but i know you can't fight so you're talking all this shit and i will fuck you up he said the states he knew he that he knows the states that you're able to sign a waiver and have combat in uh, states that you do not have to sign waivers to have combat in and any nigga who says the word combat in reference to a fight is not somebody that you want smoke with big facts Big, big, big facts. You do not want smoke with somebody who who says the word combat when they're talking about a fight. Because they're going to fuck you up. They're going to fuck you up. (laughs) If they refer to the fight as combat and not the fade or throwing hands or whatever, they're going to beat the shit out of you. So you don't want no smoke with Kwame. But he wasn't done. He was not done. He was not done. So that was his response to Stephen A. Smith and to uh, uh, just addressing the situation with Stephen A. But now we need to talk about how he addressed Stephen Jackson, Matt Barnes, and Gilbert Arenas. So I'm going to play you those videos. I mean, not those videos. I'm sorry. I'm going to play you those clips as well and just listen to what he's saying. Now, again, you can laugh and And I'm going to play some gunshots, too, when, you know, he's talking and stuff. But the core of what he is saying, I wonder how many people are actually going to get that beyond just the shits and giggles of these two guys are beefing. But just listen to what he has to say about Kwame, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. Gilbert, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, I should say. Not Kwame. Gilbert Arena, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. The entire life
4: to get to a point. To where most men only dream about i think you guys need to focus and channel that energy on some more real problems like the way we are as black males and the way that we look and stephen jackson maybe you can put that motherfucking blunt out and pull your pants up on your ass and put that rag down and act like a grown ass man instead of a little ass boy becky with the good hair go to counseling and Gilbert. You already knew. I was quiet on you for years. I wasn't going to say nothing. You, you do, you the right hand arm of, of them white boys. You niggas is the worst. Nigga, you took food. You took down there. What did I get? Five, uh, three years, 25 with the Lakers. I was slotted to get 80, 88 because what a Tyson got. Nigga, you took millions out of my mouth, nigga. And you shout like you somebody, like you love black folks. You the whitest black boy I ever known. So. Y'all niggas miss me with all that nigga. Whoever, whichever one of these white folks paying you niggas to come at me, this here one, you niggas better go find you something better to do. Becky with the good hair, you need counseling, boy. All that goddamn rage for no reason. She chose, nigga. She chose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He called... (laughs) He called matt barnes becky with the good hair bro this nigga <laughs> that's crazy oh god but to be fair again to be fair and there's a whole bunch more videos i can't get all of them and clip them and put them on the show because then it'll go way over the time but kwame not only talked about how stephen jackson was a fake blood turned activist then he even went in on how uh, Matt Barnes and Stephen J- and uh Matt Barnes and Derek Fisher, remember that I don't know if you guys know, had an altercation years ago where Derek Fisher uh was creeping around with Matt Barnes's fiance at the time, or ex-fiance at the time, with his kids in the house. And it was a story how matt barnes drove from wherever he was to his house just to beat up derrick fisher that's a widely reported story to where kanye even dropped it in one of his songs <coughs> i'm gonna drive 90 miles just like matt barnes just to beat a nigga ass that's where that's from so kwame clearly is aware of everything that's happening like he just has not been in the public eye but he clearly sees everything that's happening and he's probably thinking how the fuck are you niggas gonna speak on me and y'all niggas got your own shit going on right he said he he knows about uh uh, steven jackson's past he knows about matt barnes's past and then he said gilbert arenas is a white man's right hand man i'm like dang like you know what i'm saying there's so much that you don't know right because it's not told the stories are not told and People usually don't want to hear from guys like Kwame because they weren't any good on the court. But he has a whole stories and experiences and things that he's seen that we would never know about. Like, I just think that is like crazy, crazy, bro. And uh, I got some more Kwame for you. So the next Kwame clip I have for you is Kwame discussing why he was drafted to the Washington Wizards, and why it ultimately did not work out with Michael Jordan, a story that people probably don't know. So I just thought that this was probably the most sane and like (laughs) level-headed he was in all of his rants. He was just explaining why he was drafted, what the team wanted, and then why he ultimately had to play with Mike, and how that affected their relationship. So this is Kwame basically explaining how his career was doomed from the start. I'll say that again. They
4: never drafted Kwame Brown with the intentions of being the number one draft pick. I was supposed to be traded. Uh, MJ was a 39-year-old man. Um, He's from an era where, and that's why I'm not bashing him. I'm not saying this to bash him, but MJ is from an era where young guys did not play. I think John Sally just said this on Vlad TV. The era that they're from is young guys had to prove themselves and earn the right to play. You could say it's wrong. You could say it's right. You could say whatever. But that's the era that he's from. Um, I was drafted in order to be traded for Elton Brand to, to come to the Wizards so MJ can get into the playoffs and compete for a championship. So the fact that none of the sports writers and the beach writers never asked, uh, MJ is a very shrewd businessman, what company ever bought a product that they had time Mm -hmm. to look at, examine, they check your mind, they check your heart, your blood, they check your family, they know everything about you. What company that know everything about you then turns around and bash the product that they they put out? That's because it make sense to invest in something and then turn around. Yeah. Right. That's because MJ did not get what he want. A polo did not allow me to get traded because they've made so many trades. And this is this part is alleged, but allegedly there was an argument between MJ and A Poland that they he wanted to trade me for Elton Brand. Elton Brand was killing at this point. You know, uh he's double double easy 20 and 12, 20 and 14 makes business sense. You're an aging older guy, why
1: wouldn't you want a guy who's proven? What he's saying makes a whole lot of sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. Nothing that he has said has been nonsensical. It's maybe been a little wild, like I'll beat your ass type shit. But nothing that he's said has been wild. Like it's not incoherent what he's saying. Like he's saying things that make a lot of sense. But, you know, again, like I said before, the way that we treat the professional athlete is flawed in that production produces respect and that these are not and not that these are just grown-ass men who probably don't tolerate disrespect come from areas where you know what i'm saying they don't (laughs) where that shit is not tolerated like you got to fight and earn everything that you get coming from a lot of times where these guys come from i know that kwame has come from a rough area and shit so it's it it is it's It is uh, definitely, man, it's definitely uh, a situation. And I'm glad that at least this, like, I'm glad that he took this time where he saw something. He said, you know what? Enough is enough. People are finally going to hear my side. And not only came with the smoke for him, like, Keep talking about me. I'm going to pull up on you and I'm going to beat your ass. And I got jokes for y'all too. Y'all got jokes for me? Well, guess what? I got jokes for y'all. And two, uh, highlighted and told us a whole bunch of shit that we didn't know. I never knew that he was supposed to get traded to the, to to where was Elton Brand playing? At The Clippers at the time, I believe, in 01, I, if, I, if I remember correctly. I didn't know that. Like he was, the number one pick was supposed to be traded to the Clippers to get Elton Brand to play with Mike. Who would have known that? You know what I'm saying? So I I think that that shit is like great. That's just a nugget about basketball that we probably just didn't know at all. You know, and how all these little things go to affecting how a pro athlete's career can go. So we've heard Kwame respond to Stephen A. We've heard Kwame talk about Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, Gilbert Arenas. We've heard Kwame talk about his beginning of the beginning of his career and how it was kind of doomed from the start. Now, here is Kwame speaking on one of the, this is probably one of my favorite parts of his whole Twitter rant. He was talking about the late, great Kobe Bryant's 81-point performance and how he impacted the game. Please listen to this shit. This shit is incredible.
4: Everybody loved Kobe Bryant, wanted to see him score, wanted to see him shoot. So he scored and he shot. And the people around them didn't get that many shots and they didn't score. And you man, didn't you get what you wanted? Didn't you get? (laughs) Are you not entertained, nigga? (laughs) He hit 81 motherfucking points. Did you see the screens I was setting, nigga? The fuck is wrong with you, nigga? Are you not entertained? What do you niggas want? That's why I
1: don't don't listen to you, nigga. Incredible. (laughs) Are you not entertained, nigga? I'm gonna have to clip that. I'm gonna clip that. I'm keeping that one for me. I'm gonna have to you start using that shit. Are you not entertained, nigga? Did you not see the screens I was setting? What? She and and that's facts too. Because if I was ever on the court with Kobe, and you know clearly he was the man, and I damn sure wouldn't do anything to get in his way in terms of him doing his thing on the court. I would be that would be in my highlight tape. Facts. If I was on the court with Kobe when he scored 81 points. All my screens, I'm putting in my highlight tape. All my assists to him, I'm putting in my highlight tape. Big facts. Big facts. Big, big, big facts. If I set the screen that got Kobe open for a three-pointer, that's going in my highlight tape. If I hit Kobe with the weakest bounce pass that helped him get an open layup or a dunk, it's going in my highlight tape. Facts. Straight-up facts. But... So after Kwame's initial series of rants, clearly everyone had to respond to it because of whatever. So first, Steven Jackson responded and said, you know, uh, that he loved Kwame and he didn't want no smoke with him. Keep doing this thing, um, you know, but you did lay an egg, you know, what I'm saying you were a bust. And he said, um, you know, people joke about some things about him in his career and he doesn't take it personally but um they can't say that you know he was trash they can't say stephen jackson was trash they can't say that i was a bad player and that be mad at yourself don't be mad at everybody else kwame be mad at you you were the one who was a bust, not me you know that was stephen jackson's stance and i'm like oh that's probably not the best thing to say to a motherfucker who knows the states to, that they can do combat in Right. And then Matt Barnes, who probably got it the worst of the worst, said, and I'm going to read Matt Barnes's full quote. Bro, you've been getting made fun of since you got into the league for not living up to expectations. I tapped Jack's knee when something was said. So that's what got you mad? Me tapping somebody's knee? You need a hug, bro. If you want to be mad at anyone, be mad at MJ for believing in you and picking you number one. Kwame was not happy with that shit and he went crazy. Please find, you could just go on YouTube, type in Kwame Brown, Matt Barnes response, where Kwame is driving in a truck. He's going ham bone. And I can't even play it here because it's too long and, you know, time is of the essence. But please, I encourage anyone who is, you know, cares about this type of shit, YouTube, Kwame Brown, Matt Barnes response. You're going to see it and know that he, Kwame is not here to play. He's not here to play. So after the, everything, you know, after it went on Twitter, went crazy. After it went on YouTube, went crazy. And on ESPN, they did stories about it. Then they came out and said, hey, if, you know, Kwame wants to come on all the smoke podcasts, he can and tell his side of the story. And even if we have to fight beforehand, just to let you know about it, we can. And we'll see what ends up happening with it. I will say. One, I love the fact that motherfuckers is coming out and defending themselves. You can't be some the butt of the joke for 20 years and then, you know, you know, just keep letting people take shots at you after shots, after shots, especially when a lot of us don't know the whole story. So I'm I'm could be blamed for this too. I'm one of the people who said, Yeah, if you think about basketball bus, Kwame Brown's at the top of the list. Had I had known that MJ wanted Elton Brand instead of Kwame. That would have changed a lot of the things in my head. Had I have known that, you know, um, Michael Jordan has a different expectation of play and he was only 17, that probably would have changed a lot of the shit. So I sincerely hope that Kwame can finagle this into like some kind of book or some kind of podcast or video show or do more appearances in public because clearly he got a lot of shit to say and he got a lot of opinions and I think that that shit would be perfect for television I think that shit would be great just to hear his story that's why we love podcasts like all the smoke podcasts because they tell you the real story behind a lot of shit so I don't let me let me just make sure I'm clear this is what I took away from the whole situation one Kwame Brown's a real nigga two Denzel don't want no smoke with Kwame Brown Three, you don't want no smoke with any nigga who knows the states where you can have combat mutually. Four, you don't ever want to fight with a nigga who uses the word combat when it comes to a fight. And five, finally, I guess the American public or the public in general has to look at how we treat athletes based on performance. These are still people. These are still humans with thoughts, feelings, emotions and stories. So, you know, their whole life can't be their time that they played in the league, right? Their whole life can't be just what they did on the court. And we can't love you only because of what you do on the court. We don't know what kind of charities he's been involved with. We don't know every people, the people that he has helped. You know, I saw a clip that said, how can I be a bust? i retired my mother at 18. That's real shit. How could I be a bust at life? I retired my mother at 18. That's fire to say. That's just a bar. Like I'm working hard so I can retire my mama. And I'm not, I've been way past 18 for a long time. So I think that, you know, a lot of things, maybe this is just start the conversation and how we treat athletes in general and that our love, or dislike for them can't be only performance based we have to look at more than what they did on the court because there's a lot of factors that contribute to how players perform on the court and this was the longest opening segment ever but i loved every minute of it shout out again to kwame brown and i'm definitely going to keep monitoring this closely to see what happens with it if he does appear on the show or if he gets his own show or whatever um, but shout out to Kwame Brown for just coming out and s- speaking his piece, saying enough is enough. And y'all niggas can't be speaking on me all recklessly without me having something to say. And especially if he know how to fight, too, because clearly he's not somebody he you want to smoke with. So shout out to Kwame Brown. Shout out to the brother, Kwame Brown. And so moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in Neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm saying it and repeating it for the 1 millionth time because I ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you guys have for me. And you guys never let me down. I truly, truly appreciate it. So we're going to answer some of the questions that we have received here. The first one says, last week was Hall of Fame induction week for the NBA. So I want to know who is an NBA nfl and mlb player who is not a hall of famer but should be in the hall of fame mm, that's a good question that's a good question okay okay so let me let me just do this quick let me see how good my my sports knowledge how good it is off the top of my head uh, so let's start with the nfl in my opinion, a player who is not in the NFL Hall of Fame but should be—I'm uh, going to say—Tory Holt. Tory Holt was a wide receiver for the San—not the San—for the St. Louis Rams when they were still in St. Louis, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and for one other team I can't remember. But basically, he was one of the best wide receivers ever for his time, for his era, and. Um, In his career, he was a Super Bowl champion with the Rams. He was a first-team All-Pro, a second-team All-Pro, a seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, a reception leader, um, and he was a member of the All-Decade team. The NFL in the year 2000, oh, I'm sorry, the NFL in the year 2010 made an All-Decade team. So who was the best players at each position from the year 2000 to the year 2010? And Torrey Holt is on that list. Torrey Holt has over 13,000 receiving yards in his career. I mean, how the hell is he not in the Hall of Fame? How, bro? How? I don't know. So shout out to Tory Holt. Torrey Holt, man. He was one of the baddest boys. Him and Isaac Bruce. They were part of the greatest show on turf. Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Kurt Warner, and Marshall Falk what y'all niggas don't know about football man y'all niggas don't know about football man so shout out i, I want to see my guy tory holt get in there i think because i think isaac bruce got in there and court warner's in there and marshall falk is in there so how the fuck are you not gonna have tory holt in there what the fuck is it? like he was at for his time one of the best receivers in the league you can't argue it he never had any steroid scandal or nothing put my guy tory holt in there in the in the nfl hall of fame For basketball, my choice would be, first, my choice was going to be Chris Webber for a basketball player who's not in the Hall of Fame, but then he just got in. My second choice was going to be Chris Bosh. He just got in as well. So I'm like, dang, who, who would be another player who's deserving and hasn't got in? My choice would be Tim Hardaway Sr. for basketball. Tim Hardaway Sr. played a whole bunch of years in the NBA from like 1989 to like 2002, like He played a long time in the NBA. He was a five-time All-Star, an All-NBA first-team performer, a three-time All-NBA second-team performer. He was on the All-Rookie first team. He got his number 10 retired by the Miami Heat. And he averaged for his career 17 and 8 for his entire career. And he won a gold medal. I think that Tim Hardaway Sr. needs to get into the Hall of Fame. The fact that he's not in there is kind of crazy to me. Like he had a really, really good career, a really good career, really good career. Um, And for baseball, if you know me, you know where I'm going with this. We need to get our guy Barry motherfucking Bonds in the motherfucking Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. I don't want to hear shit about steroids. I don't want to hear shit about PEDs, because if you know about baseball, if you know about the game and shout out to Grandpa, I love you. He taught me the game, my granddad. Shout out to Grandpa, I love you. If you know about baseball, you know Barry Bonds was a motherfucking Hall of Famer before his alleged steroid use. Barry Bonds is a 14-time All-Star, seven-time NL MVP, seven-time MVP, eight-time Gold Glover, 12-time Silver Slugger, Two-time batting champion, two-time home run leader, has the most home runs in the history of the game, the most home runs in a single season, the most career walks, the most career walks in a single season, and the highest slugging percentage ever in a single season. And Barry Bonds did a lot of his damage, went before the steroid era. Because Barry Bonds came into the league in, like, 1985, and steroids and, you know, the impact of steroids, I would say, didn't really come until the turn of the century. We could even say in the late 90s. So you could take his his Pirates career and his early San Francisco Giants career from 1985, and whenever he got into the league, to, let's say, 1998, and he was a Hall of Famer then! It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And he never was proven guilty of testing positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Major League Baseball profited tremendously from steroids in their sport, made so much motherfucking money for the sport, and they won't give him his Hall of Fame induction. Man, listen, Barry. we need to get my guy Barry Bonds in the motherfucking Hall of Fame. That's a fact. I don't give a fuck about steroids. You could take all the steroids you want and still not be able to hit the goddamn ball. You could be uh, as brolic as ever and still not hit the ball. You still have to have the hand, the hand-eye coordination and the athletic ability to see the ball located and hit it. I think that that is one of the biggest travesties ever. Will he probably ever get in? Probably not. He probably won't get in until after he's passed away, which is unfortunate. But I think that Barry Bonds really needs to get in that motherfucking Hall of Fame. I don't know who we need to talk to, but we need to get Barry Bonds in that motherfucking Hall of Fame. That's a fact. Big fact. So NFL, Torrey Holt; NBA, Tim Hardaway Sr., and MLB, Barry Bonds. The next question I have for you says, <laughs> this is funny. Who are some white people you would invite to the cookout? <laughs> That's kind of funny. Uh, who, are, who are some? Well, that is a good question, too. Who are some white people I would invite to the cookout? Um, let's say first, my guy, Jerry Seinfeld. I'm a, I love Seinfeld. Lefty gang, shout out. My guy, Larry David, that's Seinfeld's right-hand man. And Curb Your Enthusiasm is one of the funniest TV shows ever. Please watch that if you have not ever seen that. Um, Jerry Seinfeld, Larry David, gotta say my guy, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is fucking incredible. And a lot of people don't know Jim Carrey's television debut was on the show In Living Color, which was a black All black and some white stand-up. I'm not stand-up. Sketch comedy TV show, which is basically like the black version of Saturday Night Live. Um, Shout out to Jim Carrey. That's where he made his debut. Uh, Who else is a white guy or white person I like? Action Bronson. I love Action Bronson. Big fan. Um, Check out his show called Fuck That's Delicious. It's a food and travel show. It's incredible. And he makes good music, in my opinion. Um, who else? Oh, the petty god, Aaron Rodgers. You you already know the vibes. We support all Rodgers on this side, and Aaron Rodgers is the petty god. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers. And who else? Who else? Um, let's say Tina Fey and Amy Poehler because they're hilarious. Yeah, those are those are my choices. The white people I would invite to the cookout: Jerry Seinfeld, Larry David, Jim Carrey, Action Bronson. Aaron Rodgers, Tina Fey, and Amy Poehler. Facts. I think, and I think that that'll be a hell of a time too. So shout out to shout out to those white brothers and sisters who I like. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much, guys, for the questions. I truly appreciate it. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys fucking with the show. Um, and I look forward to answering more and more and more and more and more of you guys' questions. I truly appreciate you guys. And um, stay tuned. We got, we're got we going to have way more fun to come. Next on the docket, let's talk about J. Cole. Let's talk about motherfucking J. Cole.
4: You know that new J. Cole just dropped, right? Duh, nigga. Anyway, we can find ways to stop. No, I'm just saying how you like it. You mean, how do I love it, nigga? What are you talking about? It's a classic. What? A classic? How is it a classic? It just came out. <laughs> what? Yeah, this nigga's stupid. What are you talking about? Did you... J. Cole? Yeah. Jermaine?
1: Yes.
4: Cole? Yes. You talking about the one that just said, I could put an M on your head, now you Luigi, brother? Him? Yeah, yes, him.
1: Him. First, shout out to RDC World. They're fucking hilarious. I love them. Shout out to RDC World. They do so many great skits. Um, but yes, yeah, so let's talk about J. Cole. So J. Cole's album came out called The Off season, And it was a really good album. I listened to it. I didn't talk about it last week because I didn't have a chance to listen to it yet. And I'm not going to do this crazy review. I really want to talk about J. Cole and what The Offseason sort of represents. So it was announced that along with his album, J. Cole would be given not not retiring from rap but pursuing a professional basketball career and when you know he we all know that j cole used to play basketball in college he really loves the game he has his own line of sneakers endorsed by puma basketball sneakers and basketball is something that's very important to him so when it was announced that he would play basketball it's like okay well where is he gonna play like is he gonna go play in like the g league or like, he can't obviously play for college anymore, so wh- where is he going to play? And then it came out, and then he's playing basketball in Africa. J. Cole is playing basketball in the Basketball Africa League, the BAL, a recently launched project from the NBA and from FIBA, which is the International Basketball Association, FIBA, and the NBA is the American Pro Basketball Association. And... So when I seen the interview, I was like, really, he's really going to play basketball like this is not no stunt. I'm really thinking it was going to be like a gimmick, like he would do a few practices, you know, or, you know, he would just do a few drills and they would record it and he would put it out on the Internet or make a like a mini documentary about it. But lo and behold, last week, I'm, I'm just flipping through the channels and I see Basketball Africa League, so I stopped because I know of it due to J. Cole saying he was going to play in it, and lo and behold, his team is on TV, so I'm watching it, and he's in the motherfucking game, so I tweeted at the time, I'm like, I cannot believe I'm watching J. Cole play real basketball in Africa right now, I cannot believe what I'm watching, and As soon as I did my Tebow shit, and again back to Tebow, and I do not want to talk about this nigga. I really don't. Fuck this nigga. Anyway, after my Tebow shit, so many people hit me and said, "If you going this hard on Tebow, then you better have the same energy for J Cole because he's doing the same thing." And I'm like, "Fam, no, he's not. No, he is not. Tim Tebow is a failed football player who used his popularity to leverage." Four opportunities in the NFL, five opportunities in the NFL, and a baseball career. J. Cole is using his music career to leverage a pro basketball career, but he was a good basketball player in college. Now, if you had the choice to become a platinum selling rapper or an athlete, that's kind of up to the individual. If he's saying, Hey, I can make a lot more easier bread rapping, then why wouldn't you rap? if you ask me what's easier rapping or playing pro ball i think rapping is (laughs) that's just my opinion but he really is not like tebow um because tim tebow literally left college was in the nfl was on the denver broncos the new york jets the new england patriots and the philadelphia eagles as a quarterback he could not play quarterback when he left those teams he went to go play baseball he knew he could not play baseball on a high level, still got an opportunity to play baseball and collect money. Then when his baseball career ended, he went to broadcasting and then decided from broadcasting he wanted to return to play football again and to play a different position. It's completely different than J. Cole. And I support any black king doing the same thing a white boy doing. What's the there should be no problem with it because of Tebow doing it. So what's the what you gonna say now? If Tebow could do it, then why can't J. Cole? The fuck? anyway i watched the shit right i watch him play and obviously he's not gonna be great his first game or second game because you know he hasn't played pro in a long time but i'm watching the shit and i'm like first of all the game was actually pretty good it was two teams in africa who i'd never seen before who i never heard of and i'm literally only watching it because of j cole the game was pretty good pretty competitive and it was really wild just to see him out there playing because if you had to single out the guy who really didn't look like he belonged on the basketball court it would be j cole (laughs) he looked he honestly looked like like a teenager in terms of physically not he's a grown-ass man i'm not trying to disrespect him but he looked like a teenager like in terms of his physical build compared to the other pro athletes there it was just like really funny like I'm like, damn, J. Cole really playing ball. And he got a bucket. He got a bucket too. I seen him get a bucket. So, shout out to my guy, J. Cole. But in terms of his album, man, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed the album. I think that he is one of our special artists in this time where he just understands so much of this shit. Like, he understands the world on a different level. He speaks on real life experiences on a different level and he's really like one of my favorites doing it right now he's really one of my favorites doing it right now in terms of his full album discography the offseason is not my favorite of his albums i think my favorite j cole album is still 2014 forest hills drive i think that's still my favorite j cole joint but this is a really good album he even surprised us and had fucking features on the song My Life, he had 21 Savage on it. And um, who's the other guy on it? Moray. He had Lil Baby on the song Pride is the Devil. He had Black and Baz on the song Let Go of My Hand. He had Boz Again on Hunger on Hillside. Like, he has some features and shit. And I'm like, yo, J. Cole is killing it. He's killing it. He's killing it, bro. He's killing it. And he took his damn time, KOD, his last album came out in 2018, it's 2021, he took his damn time, and he made a great album, shout out to J. Cole, I don't know what's going to come with his basketball career, but, um, man, the music is great, the music is absolutely great, and I think that he is one of our special artists who needs to be protected, um, I'm a really big fan, and he really did his damn thing. This is definitely going to be in my albums of the year um, at the end of the year, because he really did his thing, and um, he killed it, man. He killed it. He's a great artist. He's doing shit that we had never seen before. I mean, we've seen athletes... I mean, we've seen rappers play ball. Like, shout out to Master P, the OG, but like, just like doing the shit he does and the way he does it and this approach is... It's great, and he's a, he's a special talent, and I'm really a fan. Shout out to J. Cole. If you have not heard the offseason, listen to it. Get at me. Tell me what you thought about it. Tell me how, where you think it compares to his other projects. I still think 2014 Forest Hills Drive is his best project, but this shit is still damn good. And shout out to our good brother, J. Cole.
4: What are you talking about? Did you J. Cole?
1: Yeah. Jermaine? Yes. Cole? Yes. Next on the docket, let's talk about the Basketball Hall of Fame um, ceremony. But mainly, I just really want to talk about Vanessa Bryant and give her her flowers and give her her some love and give her respect because she is the epitome of strength, in my opinion. She She is so strong. She is so brave. And I respect her so much, just dealing with everything that she has dealt with over this last year. Losing her husband, losing her daughter, becoming Kobe's basically spokesperson, dealing with all the press and all the media, you know, and having to do the things that he wasn't able to do. She has to deliver his Hall of Fame speech. She had to speak at his funeral in front of the world. You know, she had to relive the situation over and over and over again. And, um, You know, I watched the Hall of Fame ceremony and her speech and I had tears in my eyes because she was she is so strong. She spoke with so much grace. She man, she she is the epitome of strength. And I want to just I wanted to make sure that I did not let this podcast end without giving her some love and respect because she is incredible, in my opinion. You know, I recently lost my grandmother over Christmas and to think that not only do you lose someone, but what if I had to appear on television, you know, and speak in front of a crowd of 20,000 and, you know, put my husband and my daughter in the ground and, you know, uh, do media appearances and promote his foundations and, you know, do all of these things that comes with it. And just the way that she's been able to handle it, the way that she's been able to be strong and positive is amazing. Check out the Mambacita line. They just launched a line of products for Kobe's daughter, Gianna, who also passed, called Mambacita. And it's basically a line of clothing and uh, uh, apparel um, that has, you know, things that her daughter, you know, would do so. It's basically just like sweats and T-shirts and stuff that say Mamba Sita because she was the baby Mamba. She was the Mamba Sita. Um, But man, shout out to Vanessa Bryant. I I really like. I when I first saw the announcement that Kobe was getting in the Hall of Fame, I was first I was thrilled, but then I was like really scared for Vanessa. Like I was really scared for her because it's like your husband's dream. He goes to basketball heaven. You know that's what the Hall of Fame is and you know he's not here to see it and it's just another reminder that your husband is gone it's another reminder that your daughter is gone and man i don't i don't know how she does it i really don't know but she deserves all of our love and respect and if we love kobe we have to respect and love what vanessa has been able to do um in this time since he has passed um and, man, I just, I just got nothing but love and respect for her. Really. I just have nothing but love and respect for her. Um, I'm going to play you a small snippet of um, her speech for Kobe. Um, and if you have not seen it, I encourage you to watch it. It is available on YouTube. Um, and it's because it's a great speech. She had Michael Jordan standing right behind her as support. You know, that was Kobe's favorite player, his idol, his big brother, Michael Jordan. And um shout out to Vanessa Bryant, man. That's all I can say. If you haven't, if you have not seen the speech, please watch it. It'll 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 move you because she's she is exhibiting so much grace, so much class, so much strength, and it's something that I really marveled at and respected. So here is a small snippet of Vanessa Bryant at the Basketball Hall of Fame ceremony.
3: Congratulations, baby. All of your hard work and sacrifices paid off. You once told me, if you're going to bet on someone, bet on yourself. I'm glad you bet on yourself, you overachiever. You did it. You're in the Hall of Fame now. You're a true champ. You're not just an MVP. You're an all-time great. I'm so proud of you. I love you forever and always. Kobe, Bean, Bryant.
1: And last on the docket, we have to say a rest in peace. We have to say rest in peace to Paul Mooney, a legendary stand-up comedian who passed away last week at the age of seventy-nine. Who has Paul Mooney has worked literally with everybody from Red Fox to Flip Wilson, Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle—like one of the a most incredible stand-up comedians ever. Um, the first time I ever was introduced to him was via Dave Chappelle, where Dave Chappelle did a segment called "Ask a Black Dude," where Paul Mooney would get questions asked from random people on the street, and he would respond. And just his amazing delivery and comedic timing was was incredible. He was something to watch, and I watched some of his stand up comedy, and it was great. And he was basically like he delivered comedy in the in the matter-of-fact way. His humor was very dry and deliberate. And part of the reason why I think he is so funny is most of the times where you listen to his comedy, you have that thought in the back of your head, like, is he dead-ass serious or is this a joke? I think that is brilliant. Like, that is some of the most brilliant comedy ever, where he says things in such a matter-of-fact, honest way, like, just as a statement of fact, where it makes you, the consumer, say is this a joke or is this is he being dead ass serious like i just think that that is incredible to do with comedy to take serious ass topics address them in a serious ass way and have them still come across as hilarious and he was a genius at that he was so great at that so what i want to do is play you some of the funnier well not some of the funnier some of um, uh, his little clips from the Chappelle show. That's where I got introduced to him. He did segments like Ask a Black Dude or he did segments like Mooney on Movies or um, Negro Domus. That was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> White people love Wayne Brady because he makes Bryant Gumble look like Malcolm X. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you some clips from Paul Mooney on the Chappelle show just to show you guys what kind of comedian he was how funny he was and um, I want to say rest in peace man rest in power to him you know we've lost a lot of great people in this short five months of the year 2021 and um, every time there's a person who is important to the culture and has impacted the world I do want to send out love to them because of what they've done in my lifetime so rest in peace rest in power to Paul Mooney and here are some of his best bits from the Chappelle show
2: well, if one thing's for damn sure, he's an unofficial sociologist. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Ask a Black Dude.
5: Can black guys jump high? Yeah, black people can jump high. You gotta jump. You gotta do something when you're running from the police. <laughs> I ask you why walk like this, huh? Only, you almost only black guy. Why? Why you act like that? black people walk like that because we have style, we got flavor, we got rhythm. I mean, the black man in America is the most copied man on this planet, bar none. Everybody wanna be a nigga, but nobody wanna be a nigga. How about that question? Carol Channing just admitted she was a nigga. The rest of them need to break down and admit it, too. Yeah, why we black people like to smoke so much weed? Can you tell me why? <laughs> Well I have a question for that nigga. Well, where are your teeth, nigga? Black like, you know, it's like the party. They have that in their, their blood. And sometimes they can go overboard and it's real sad. And don't ask me about drugs. Ask Whitney and Bobby. Don't ask me about drugs. samurai centers around tom cruise a civil war veteran who goes to japan and teaches the emperor's troops how to fight mr mooney no Moody? no another movie this i was offended by the i mean hollywood is crazy the last samurai starring tom cruise mm-hmm. he's the last samurai mm-hmm. give me a break that movie was offensive i mean hollywood is crazy first they had the mexican with brad pitt and now they've got the last samurai with tom cruise well i've written the film maybe they'll maybe they'll produce my film the last nigga on earth starring tom hanks how about that
1: rest in peace man rest in peace to paul mooney rest in power And like I've done for the other legends who we have lost, I would like to have a brief moment of silence for their life and legacy. So if you would join me and have a moment of silence for the life and the legacy of Mr. Paul Mooney. Thank you. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 61 Of The Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books I'm your host once again My name is Denzel A.K.A. Harry Potter A.K.A. DeBron James Thank you again to everyone who tunes in Who likes, subscribes, shares and supports Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on social media Um, I truly, truly appreciate you guys Thank you to everyone who has supported the merchandise Truly, truly appreciate you guys Um Please don't forget the merchandise is available for purchase at bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, stickers, tote bags, COVID masks, much, much more to come. Um, If you feel so inclined, please, I I encourage for you guys to support the merch. and, and, and it is not lost on me. I promise you. It is not lost on me how, how much it means and how appreciative I am for all the people who have supported the merch. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. And, uh, man, what can I say, man? I'm just, I, it's, it's such a blessing. This whole podcast experience, this journey, you know, this all of this shit is a blessing. And it's, it would not be possible without you guys, without your love and support. So I truly, truly appreciate y'all. Shout out to Big Sis who made the show. Big shout out to Big Sis. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Big Sis. Um who made this who finally made her first appearance. 61 episodes deep. Finally made her first appearance on the show. Uh, shout out to her. And I'm going to fade you guys out with a great, great, great song. What song should I play this week? I, I want to play a, something maybe a little a little different. I'm going to fade you guys out with a great, great song. It is called Look. At Me by Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist off of the album Alfredo. Great song. Um, and this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 61. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Keep your third eye open. You do not want to Smoke with Kwame Brown. And <laughs> I will see you guys and speak to you guys next week. Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 61. We are out.
5: I'm the kind of man that recognizes talent. And when I find it, I put it to work. Oh, Maybe you forget I'm straight from I know that's what my theory. I know that's
3: what canceled my theory.
0: Fuckin' seats with the beam on the tech Got a thing, woo, tain protect your neck, bitch <laughs> Take a look at me, bitch yeah. Yeah. Take a look at me, ho yeah. Came through with the Benz 6 Drippin' while the nigga wrist wrecked Blitz hoes drippin' that was one less, bitch, ho yeah. Yeah. Take a look at me, bitch Yeah, yeah, yeah Look, look at, at me, me, motherfucker. Look at me. Yeah. And my bitch got a tax check back. She gon' put a real nigga back on this beat. Yeah. Use a ride in the clean A3 with the wood and the Louis V's on my seat. Yeah. Motherfucker, would you hurt when a ride And a girl? Make a hoe clean off her feet. Yeah. Tell the bitch what you looking at. Soda with cocaine, I'm cooking that. If that shit ain't locked up, then we took it back. Niggas stretchin' and press we pushing that. When I stop telling crack, I ain't lookin' back. Yeah. <laughs> bitch, I ain't looking back. Yeah can't do when the new port speed too much coke can make a bitch nose bleed to the flow seeds from the nose bleed, bitch yeah take a look at me bitch yeah said you look at can't do when the new port speed too much coke make a bitch nose bleed to the flow seeds from the nose bleed, bitch yeah take a look at the- uh, uh, me bitch Lucky you got away with just a scratch, sucker.
4: What you got the other night
5: was just a smoke. The fire's yet to come. Go. Got to run him out of the neighborhood. What you'll get is nothing but a whole lot of trouble.
0: You better be careful when you talk about shedding blood in this community.